You are listening to episode 275 on University of Adversity. This year, I feel like I was going through the last of it. Like I felt like I was really, I just, I was hitting the tip of that iceberg and I was also surrendering to it, surrendering to the release, surrendering to the expansion following that very release. And I feel like that's been like the theme of any pain that's come up or any overwhelm or loneliness or feeling disconnected or feeling, you know, um, isolated from my typical community or from the travel that I typically do on a yearly basis. Um, you know, I've used that pain as potency and power to step into my day, to step into serving my clients, to step into my morning rituals and so forth. And I feel like because I've done that and I've not only surrendered to the outside environment, but also I've, I've come more inward than I ever have as well. I've been able to, to hold this high frame of, of, of vibrant light and an energetic, clear channel for, for myself and for others. What is up, fam? Welcome back to University of Adversity. If you guys haven't already, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. If you do want to watch this on YouTube, go ahead and watch it on YouTube. It's available there, and I really appreciate you subscribing. Also, it just helps grow the show. If you guys do get value from this, share this with a friend, tag us in a story, or leave us a review on Apple. It's greatly appreciated, or both, whatever you want to do, but I really appreciate it and love you guys. Today's guest, his name is Matt Shakir. Great dude. We connected a couple weeks ago. He's got a powerful story. We named this episode from underdog to mastering grit. And we're going to find out the reasons why that is. He's used some specific practices that transformed his life. There was one pivotal moment that really, an activity that really helped him get through to where he is today. And there's some other really important tools that he used in his personal transformation that you guys are going to want to know. We cover a few different things here, so make sure you listen to it right till the end. And I promise you that you will get lots out of this. So from underdog to master and grit, here we go. Matt Shakir coming right up. Here we go, Matt. Welcome to the show, brother. Good to connect with you again, man. Thank you too, man. <laughs> stoked, to, stoked to be honest with you, Lance. You got the Christmas tree in the back. It's not decorated <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I bought it. I was super inspired shopping last weekend. And then I was like, man, I didn't have the time to go and do the light shopping. I'm like, mm. I'm not going to buy the lights from Home Depot. I got to find a place that has some lights so I can make it dope, make yeah. it real, make it true to who I am. So it's probably a theme of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome, man. Yeah. So you're, you're in Denver. Denver Marcus, you know, so, you know, we're in the craziness of the world. I've made this kind of a point to kind of kick off the conversation with this show because it's it's kind of like the elephant in the room, right? Like we've all gone through our shit in the last nine, 10 months and we're all going through different levels of it now, some worse than others. And I like to kind of figure out, you know, from people, how have you dealt with the last nine, 10 months? And what are some of the things that have come up for you, some challenges and how have you navigated through that so far? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, instinctively, I knew something was coming. Interestingly enough, I was at Envision in Costa Rica in February, and something was telling me, like I felt it intuitively. I was like, there's gonna be something here. This year's gonna be, you know, it's 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 not random that it's 2020 and we're stepping into this new decade, this new year. And I just felt like this visceral vibration, especially coming back to the States after my time in Costa Rica. 
And I was like, all right, what can I do? How can I set myself up with the strongest absolute foundation going into the year with the big goals that I had both personally, professionally, spiritually, relationally, and so forth? How can I really, really like ground down? So, you know, when I dove into my practices coming home from Costa Rica, I was doing a two, three hour morning routine comprised of movement, meditation, deep breath work, pranayama practices, um, getting out and grounding my feet on the earth and, and red light therapy. And I mean, I literally just built the whole spectrum of what I thought was going to give me the best capability to be not only spiritually sound and grounded, but also optimized as well. So you know, coming into, um, COVID, I felt the best I've ever felt. And it's been a, it's been a perpetuating theme across this year for me, you know, with regard to challenges, um, you know, there's been a lot of healing around my, my family and the, and the toxicity of the relational trauma that, um, you know, that I really dove deep into this year as well, you know, um, with the support of, you know, the dream team I have in plant medicines and so forth. Um, as well as my own practices, you know, a lot has come up. I've, I've probably had the most emotionally releasing year I've ever had, you know, not only in ceremony, but in, in my own practices, in my own time, in my own sacred space, just like releasing tears and, and really transmuting this trauma from, from pain to power. And, you know, some of these things specifically to the, to my family, you know, it's been something I've been working on for years now, but this year I feel like I was going through the last of it. Like I felt like I was really, I just, I was hitting the tip of that iceberg and I was also surrendering to it, surrendering to the release, surrendering to the expansion following that very release. And I feel like that's been like the theme of any pain that's come up or any overwhelm or loneliness or feeling disconnected or feeling, you know, um, isolated from my typical community or from the travel that I typically do on a yearly basis. Um, you know, I've used that pain as potency and power to step into my day, to step into serving my clients, to step into my morning rituals and so forth. And I feel like because I've done that and I've not only surrendered to the outside environment, but also I've, I've come more inward than I ever have as well. I've been able to, to hold this high frame of, of, of vibrant light and an energetic, clear channel for, for myself and for others. And so, you know, looking back now, it's, it, you know, 1000%, it's been a roller coaster. But in this year, in every element of my life, I've expanded 1000x than I ever have in any prior years. So I feel like, you know, um, protecting my energy and setting strong boundaries and saying no to a lot of people to really tighten my unit and tighten the containers I have with, with my current friendships and going even deeper there. I've been, I've been able to really honor myself and honor what's going on in the outside without absorbing it, um, you know, as much as I possibly can on the inside. So I've, I've really harmonized that internal environment, which has been just so profound um, and transformative for me this year, because it's something that I have not been able to do with that, with that level of, of strength and resilience and, and honesty and truth, you know? So walk us through some of the things, like what does it look like when you wake up? And I find this to be super powerful too. My, my best days are always the days where I'm intentionally preparing my energy, preparing, you know, we're, we're balls of energy, right? And if it's not, if you're not intentional to create that, that high vibration, then I notice in myself, my day just doesn't flow properly. And 
I almost kind of feel bad too, which isn't is counterproductive, but at the same time, like I know that I know better. I should have done better this morning. And and that kind of comes out through the day. So for you, when you know that you or maybe this is an everyday thing, or like if you do have it dialed in, what does that look like? Like what time do you get up? Walk us through the process of like getting yourself dialed in where you just need to be on point. Totally. Um, well, first and foremost, my day starts the evening prior when I know I'm waking up and I want to be optimized. I want to be showing up from the most powerful, authentic space and place. It starts the evening prior. I do journaling. I read, I get to bed by 9 PM at the latest. I'm usually passed out by nine 30 and I naturally wake up you know, anywhere between 4.30 and 5.30 AM. So mm. first thing, get up, express some gratitude, get right out of bed. You know, Aubrey Marcus is a, I'm a huge fan and I love what he's done. And I do that morning cocktail right off the bat. And, um, and I get prepped and I ready and I go to the gym and I'll train for an hour, hour and a half and really just exert that energy and just kind of get the blood flowing and get the body moving. If I don't go to the gym, I'll do some kind of yoga flow at home, either through one of my favorite yoga teachers or just my own flow. Um, I got trained in yoga back in 2017. So I, I've had a practice in that space for a long time. Um, yeah, I'll come back and then, uh, and then I'll jump in front of the red light and I'll do powerful breathwork practices in front of the red light for 10 to 15 minutes. I'll drop into a meditation following that. And then I'll do a cold shower from front to back. And then I'm primed. Like I am ready to go. Sometimes I'll do an additional you know, a little five minutes of journaling, just one page and a little bit of reading, either the daily stoic or some kind of book that I'm, you know, plugged into right now that's motivating and inspiring and gives me kind of a framework of, of who I want to become more and more and how I want to step into, you know, not only that day, but in life in general. So I've been kind of, I've been kind of clinging to um, different podcasts and books, you know, like the daily stoic that give me some kind of thread or theme to like, tune into and take into my day. So yeah. And then I'll have some kind of smoothie and get dressed and ready to rock, man. So my, my morning routine is, is very dialed in and, and it allows me to fill my own cup because I can't serve the world in the way that I choose to, in the way that I, I feel like I'm being magnetized and pulled to unless I am like ready to go and I hit all of the elements. And if something doesn't happen, that's okay too. I think that's another powerful part of my morning routine is self-honoring as well. If I don't feel like meditating and I just feel like doing like 10, 15 minutes of really potent breathwork practice, then I just do that. You know, so I, I no longer will make myself feel bad if I don't hit all of these five to 10 elements of what I think a truly optimized morning routine is. I think self-honoring is, is the most significant thing we can do when we wake up in the morning while also challenging yourself and getting optimized and getting your energy really dialed in and ascending into the space that you need to, so you can create the day that you want. So, yeah, I, um, man, it's been, I think the hardest challenge, but the biggest challenge that I've had so far is you're right. It starts the night before it really does. Like your, whatever you're doing the night before is going to set the tone for the next morning, you know, from like 8 PM on, you know, how long are you looking at your phone? What are you eating before bed? Like, if you think about it, that is that is what's creating what's going to happen the eight hours later. Like, you know, when your body and the chemical reaction of the food and your brain and, and all of that stuff. So some people forget that that's where it all begins is the evening. 
And I have found it really tricky to really find the perfect routine. I don't know if there is, but where I've been where I've been playing around is for the longest time, I always get up and then do a meditation right away and then do like a journaling. And then my physical fitness, it happens, but that's the thing, like the the workout right away is the thing that doesn't get done if it's not first or if I don't have a scheduled session with a trainer. So I started lately, I've been like, no, okay, I'm going to switch it up and just get my ass right to the gym drink like a black coffee and then just get some cardio in or something and then come home and do the meditation and the journaling. But there's, you know, and and I found that to be a little bit more useful, but I've had this thing in my head where, oh, you got to do meditation first because you're just, you're, you're just out of bed. And, but who says that? Like, why does that have to be? And I think that is really important for people too. It's like, try everything out. Figure out what feels good, what works for you, right? And then piece it together however you want. And that's the cool thing about the morning routine. It's like, it doesn't really matter, but I think it's just knowing that the intention of just doing something to prime yourself, like your day, it matters, you know? Like your life matters and you got to take that initial step. And the night before, it's it's like you're giving the universe a wink, like I'm committed to my life. The yeah. night before, the morning, right? And, and yeah. it sets the tone. Absolutely. And research is saying right, 95 to 90 per, 99% of our thoughts and ma- actions, behaviors are autopilot or they're on autopilot. Wow. So if we think, if we take conscious action and are intentional about the way in which we start our evenings, the prior or start our mornings, whether it's meditation first or going to the gym and moving your body first, it, what matters most is you're bringing the unconscious conscious. You're, mm-hmm. you're shifting the paradigm of I'm not just going to dive into Instagram or I'm just not going to dive into like what I have to do for work or checking email. And you, and you shift that into a place of serving yourself first and saying, okay, I need to move my body. I need to breathe. I need to meditate. Whatever order serves you best. Yes, there is research around like the first 20 minutes that we wake up, we're in like that theta state. So they highly recommend meditating in that place. But you know what, if you're waking up at 4.45 or 5.30, or if you know that you have a call at eight and you want to, there's only one time if you hit the gym and that's going to prime you first, then do that first. I think moving the body is the most important thing we can do prior to anything else, you know, Um, because that's what creates the space. That's what creates the energy so that we can move into these other practices, whether it be journaling or meditation or breath work or all of those things, you know? So I think, like you said, you know, as long as we're honoring ourselves and we're choosing to do these things because we know that it's going to prolong our life and, and amplify our health and amplify our ability to show up for ourselves and others, I think that's, that's the, the thread that's, that's most important. How have you been with technology and phones and social media? How, has this been a challenge for you at having boundaries and limits with that? Or, you know, what is that like for you? Because this is something that's not talked about enough. And it's a real, it's a real issue. It's a real issue in my life. And I know a lot of people are on social media all the time. And it doesn't seem like a big deal. Our phones are great tools. Our social media is a great tool, but it can also be used against us. And it's, it's a really important thing that I think everybody really understands as well when you first get up. And throughout your day, like, what am I doing? Why am I on this thing? Am I producing or am I consuming? 
you know, and like, that's the conversation. And I, I, that's something that for me that I've been really conscious of too. And I, I'm curious about, about you because, you know, you're a coach and you're connected on social media and we got to be on there. We got to be, yeah. we got to be present. We got to be showing who we are. But at the yeah. same time, like, fuck, man, like we, you, you got to be able to like pull away and be like, do I need social media right now? How has that been yeah. for you? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, these little black boxes, I want to highlight something you said. You said tool. And we can use that tool for us or we can be the victim of that tool and it's used against us, right? So it's like I've had, I've had to set very strong boundaries around using Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or what have you. And just like you're setting boundaries in a new relationship or a new friendship or with a new client, you have to set that boundary with your phone. You have to be intentional about it. And yes, sometimes I'll get into the swiping and you're just like, holy cow, I just spent like 30 minutes on Instagram and I don't even remember one thing. Like it's all completely unconscious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or the dating, the dating apps are like, like like, what these are human beings. Like what the fuck? Like it's just like, I do it. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like I actually, I, I did a, I did an amazing Oracle session with a buddy of mine. And, uh, and he said, whenever you act, act from your leading edge. And it just, it was so profound and it was so paralyzing to me because that's how I now think if I'm going on Instagram, am I going live on my story? Am I going to deliver some kind of like potent truth or, or like a tip or a tool or something that's so, some kind of takeaway, some level or measure of value. Right. But you know, at the same time, I've had to say, screw the dating apps. That's not how I want to interact with, with my phone. And, you know, and also like, how am I using Instagram? Am I using it to deliver value or am I using it to consume what's going on? So with Instagram specifically where I spent, I would say 80% of my time on social media, um, I've unfollowed and muted a, like hundreds of people. So now I've stripped down my themes with still opportunities for, you know, uh, a polarity of view or a you know perspective or whenever everything was going on this summer with BLM like I will consume some but even then I will set strong boundaries and I will also be very intentional about the people that I follow mm-hmm. because again if we're thinking about consuming social media in the way in which we consume food or the, the way in which we show up for the rest of our lives all of it is we're ingesting it right so the more I can filter out that which does not serve me the more I support who I'm moving into and what I want to create and, and who I want to become. And I don't want to be the person that's on my phone hours and hours a day. I, even, even if I'm making millions of dollars from my phone, that's something I want to delegate off my plate because it's not serving me to stare at this black box when we have this beautiful human experience that we get to experience and absorb every moment. So I've tried to shift back into the present, especially if I go on my phone, just again, self-honoring, setting a strong boundary. And saying, okay, am I, have I been on this long enough? Do I need to like any more photos? Do I need to consume any more stories and so forth? And, you know, it's been, it's a practice like anything else, but it's, it's, it's allowed me to truly amplify my awareness around how I, how I ingest any kind of media and bringing that into an intentional and conscious place has been, is, it's been amazing for me. And it's, and it's allowed me to have that energetic boundary so I can continue to fill my own cup and not absorb all of the chaos that's going on in the outside world right now, which is arguably probably the hardest year that any of us has ever had times a million. You know what I mean? So, mm. Yeah. Well said, man. Um, Thank you. So where I find it interesting is with this journey 
that we're all on. It's like, where did things really change and where, what started the new path? So where I kind of want to start, you know, kind of switch gears and kind of get into your story a little bit. You know, I would love that you could walk us through what were you doing before and, and how did you change what the direction of your life and why? Walk us through that a little bit. Start wherever you feel is, is, is the most powerful point. And I would love to hear a little bit about, yeah, like the before and, you know, what really transpired into the change. Yeah. Um, great question. I would say, you know, growing up with, with poor parents, I was 100%. My main mission was money. I didn't care how I got it. I was disciplined. I was hungry. I was like, I'm going to compete against every single other person because I'm the underdog. So I wore that hat for so many years. And it, and it helped me go into corporate America and work at JP Morgan and then get very fast into medical sales. And then next thing you know, three years out of college, I'm in like the top three medical sales jobs in the world, you know, surrounded by guys that are 20 to 30 years, my elder, you know, making anywhere from 300 to $1.2 million a year. And I realized like in that moment, my dream job was no longer my dream. And that was a super powerful awareness that I had, you know, that I had really come upon because I was, I was making more money than I've ever made in my life, you know, making more per month than most people make a year around the world. And I was like, this is, why do I feel so, so empty, so unfulfilled, so anxious, so depressed? Like I was experiencing the deepest, darkest phases of my life. And from there, I found a yoga mat and through yoga, I found meditation and pranayama practices. And I found my personal power inside myself. And because I wasn't able to make a jump and make that leap, the universe, what I like to call, came with its four by four <laughs> and just wiped me out. I lost my job. And at the same time, I broke up with a girl that I was like, pretty much thought I was going to marry and sold my home that I lived in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. Like, I know I am meant to serve the world from a greater place, from my own place, not from the umbrella of some brand or some company or some technology, but from my own volition, from my own doing. And so I booked a one-way trip uh, to Thailand and did a yoga training, more for the spiritual component, not necessarily to teach yoga. And it was life-changing. You know, three and a half weeks into that training, I had uncovered a power in myself. I, I call it like the fire within. I had covered this fire and you know, had this massive emotional relation in that moment, I no longer validated myself through a title or through money. And I was like, no, I, I have power. Like I have un uncovered something in myself that I've never felt before. And I need to share this to the world. I need to spread this. And so I ended up traveling for another six months all over down to New Zealand and Bali and all over, you know, um, you know, Scandinavia and Europe and came home and I was like, I gotta get, I gotta move west. I gotta get the fuck off the east coast because I, I realized that all the people around me, you know, were making an exorbitant amount of money, but they weren't happy. All they cared about was their success and their title and and how much money they made. And I just felt like it was all external. There was no, you know, I, I had not met somebody in the conscious space. There was no practices. There was no rituals. There was no routines. There was no you know, men's groups or anything. And I was like, I'm craving so much more and there's got to be a better way to this. So I ended up moving straight to Colorado very shortly thereafter, coming back to the States and, you know, decided like with conviction. And I was like, I'm going to 
you know, change the world in whatever way that I can using my magic, using my gifts and started, you know, meeting a ton of coaches and reading Tony Robbins and Brennan Bouchard and, you know, came upon Aubrey and Tim Ferriss and all of these amazing humans um, and just started consuming that like relentlessly. And yeah, from there, I just started to tune more into energy and dive deep in my spiritual practices and doing different plant medicines like ayahuasca and aboga and just seeing how much I had been conditioned to believe that this old way of money being your only source of value was no longer a value to me. It was important, but it was only a tool, kind of like we spoke about what you mentioned before. It was just a tool. And how can I use this tool to support my mission to, to give myself fully, authentically to the planet and support others in doing the same? Mm. So Amazing. Like, what a story, dude. Like, what I, I find it so fascinating that you chose yoga. So, you know, because just like myself, you don't look like a, a dude that's just going to go and do yoga. <laughs> And, and this is what I find this, this is and, so and the same with me, you know, like I just posted today, like a law of attraction, Bob Proctor thing. This is stuff that I would have thought was ridiculous before. Right. Uh-huh. But here's the thing, like there needs to be, people need to be able to understand that even if you're the alpha male or you're this certain kind of person, you can still tap into that, the feminine side the yogas and the conversations and the meditations and this kind of thing, because we are so programmed to feel like that is some sort of sissiness. I know I was right. Like that is like yoga is like a thing that those people do. And what I really want to pull out of this is like the importance of following that feeling of, okay, this isn't working. This doesn't feel right. I don't like the, the situation, the direction. I'm going to do something different and honoring that within because that's, that's, your, that's your soul talking. That's your heart, right? And we ignore that a lot. So I, I really want to understand why did you decide to listen to that? Like why, why did you decide like why yoga? And yeah, maybe unpack some of the takeaways that you got from that experience that now you can really, you can really show as being the, the things, the tools that you've been able to apply in your own life now. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, why yoga was, I, I started to meet a lot of people down in the Southeast and there was a big yoga community there and there was a, a bunch of really kind people and you know, like truth be told, there was a lot of beautiful women that were in yeah. those studios. And I was like, this is a good opportunity for me to shift away from meeting somebody at a bar or meeting somebody at a sales meeting. And also recognizing through my own aware- awareness, I wasn't truly conscious of it at that point, but the unconscious awareness was absolutely present. But I just saw all of these guys that I was around that just, again, they made a ton of money, but they were miserable. They were just disrespectful to each other and their partners and you know, there's tons of booze and blow and women. And it was just, it was just this vibration that I wasn't aligned to and I didn't Mm -hmm. feel good about it. And I was swept up into it because I thought that's what, that's what would validate me or that's what I needed to do to be accepted. Right. And so I dove into that and through those, through doing that, I was, I found some of my deepest, darkest moments of like, this is soul sucking. This is not nourishing me. This is not healthy. 
And it parlayed to an addiction to money and, a, and, a, and all these other just overly driven substance abuse that I was experiencing. And I'm like, there's, there just has to be a better way. I always had the foresight of zooming out and being like, okay, I've gotten to this arbitrary, like dream life goal of being in like one of the top medical sales roles. And I'm looking around and nobody is inspiring me. Like there was, there was nobody that I had really like gravitated to besides a few guys that I still have relationships with that I thought were like even remotely happy or remotely fulfilled or remotely had some kind of purpose or passion for their life. It was, it was purely driven by that next commission check or that next trip to Vegas or that next bump, you know, it's, and it was, I just saw these parallels, these themes. And I'm like, this is not, this is not sustainable, you know? So yoga was something that, you know, I was like, all right, I love to move. I didn't know anything about breathwork or meditation at the time. And I was honestly, I was extremely intimidated by meditation itself. Like sitting on a cushion for a minute was, was chaos. It was, it was a nightmare. I was like, nope, I can't do this. I would get up. So, so yoga was like, kind of like this hybrid of like, all right, I've already been moving my body. I've been strength training. I've been going to the gym. Um, how can I do it in a way that's more counteractive to this, like overtly, like masculine, intense, like let's like push up 300 pounds on the bench type of mentality and see like, okay, how can I get more grounded? Because I felt so ungrounded. I felt like almost like a kite tied to an oak tree where I'm just flapping in the wind, but there was nothing holding me down. But I knew inside that oak tree was, was there. And so yoga was just an easy way for me to kind of step into that world without fully diving in because I didn't know anything about it. And I was intimidated. I was really fearful about what that other side looked like. Cause I'm like, all I thought was like, you're either highly successful and you're rich and you're, you're wealthy and you travel the world or you're a straight hippie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there was, I, I, there thought, was no- the, I thought the same. I thought the same. Yeah. There was no middle ground of this person can be that person and that, you know, there was no combining of the two worlds. It felt very separate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the more that I read and the more I absorbed and the more I listened to like Tim Ferriss's podcast and started to realize like, no, these are, these are conscious men that are doing the work and it's not all about what they've done. It's not all about these like levels of, of success, these parameters which if we look back, those are, that's what, that's the conditioning of our parenting. And, you know, prior to that men in war and like having to retain that alpha masculine, like that, you know, I can't express emotion. I can't get on a yoga mat. You're a sissy. You're all of these derogatory names I won't mention. And I'm like, no, that's not the truth. So yoga was just a beautiful opportunity for me to move my body and in moving my body and connecting to the breath that's when I started to realize the power. That was the real shift where I was like, oh my gosh, I, ha- I actually have control of my breath and I have control of moving my body with the breath. That was like, that was such an enlightening moment for me. It was, it was so foreign. And through that, I just fell in love. I was just like, wow. And, and interestingly enough, like you said, like I was the last person you would see in a yoga room. Like I've always trained my body. I've been bodybuilding since I was 14 years old. But I had never felt like that harmony and that stillness and that inner peace that I had felt just from an hour yoga flow at like a beautiful studio. And it just, it woke me up to what was possible. Mm. And once I, and once I dove down that, that path of possibility, I was like, all right, I have to explore this and just see what happens. And so I surrendered and just went in with a fresh face and tried on different studios and met some extraordinary people in the community. And and at one point even considered opening my own yoga studio. And 
And it was just, yeah, it, it was a, it was kind of like a revolutionary time for me to realize this awakening of there's more to you than just your external circumstance or your external surface, what you look like, how much money you make, what watch you wear, you know, what house you live in, what car you drive. I, I had, I had lost any kind of lust for that because I had bought all these things and I was like, wow, this happiness is so finite. It's, it's so, it's so like, you know, instantaneous and then there's nothing. And I still felt that hole. And when I've realized mm. no matter what I bought or consumed or what places I traveled to or what dinners I went out to, none of those things were filling me up anymore. So I was like, all right, this other way is, is the way. And I'm at least going to try to step in and engage in a way that I can, I can learn and, and carry that student mindset around it. So. Mm. Yeah. That the yoga environment's very healthy and I haven't been to yoga since, since all this happened because our studios and it just, but I was on a really good path and I know it's that feeling. And I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's nice to meet people, the opposite sex, whatever, or who, the same, whatever you're into in that environment. It's more attractive for us. I mean, it's the people you want to be around. It's a good vibration. And of course, we're wanting to meet women and it's more attractive in that area because it's, it's a beautiful practice. And for me, it's almost like I almost want that. That's almost like a thing that I appreciate in anybody that I meet that they do that and they value that because that personal work and that dedication to a practice is very important, right? And Absolutely. I, I, I um, you know, we're all on the path of trying to, uh, or, you know, attracting or aligning with the right person and finding the right partner and things like yoga, things like things like this that are on a path of growth in connection to self, it's attractive. And I mean, it's, it's hard to look away from that. And that's probably the environment that's best to meet somebody as well. You know? Absolutely. And I, and I had, you know, I had, I had met people out at a bar and it was, and again, it was very finite. It was very short lived. There was, there was only so much yeah. depth that I can, that I can access. Right. And I've never been able to be good at like small talk. I want to go deep. I want to know like what your deepest goals are, your dreams are like, what do you want to do while you're here in this super short hundred year human experience, if you're lucky. Right. And you know, the, the women that I met were, were beautiful and they were kind. And I, you know, the women that I've yeah. dated in past relationships, but there was no deeper level. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm still trying to unpack and, and peel back this onion of who you are and who I am by sharing so authentically and being vulnerable, but I, you, there's only a limit that you can get to if somebody's not explored the self and yeah. through the, through the yoga practice, that was where I went into the deepest. It was, it was the first, but it was also the deepest like exploration of self-discovery I'd ever, I'd ever come upon. Mm. You know, I found out who I was. I found out that I, there was healing that had to be done. I found out that there was trauma and wounds that I had been perpetuating through relationships, through jobs, through money as a validating factor and all of these things. And yoga, yoga taught me like, no, that's not the way the way is inward and, you know, through movement, but more importantly, again, the deeper themes of yoga is not just asana. It's not just the physical poses. That's like the bottom rung of like the eight limbs of Ashtanga, you know, which is like the original yoga going back thousands of years. The higher rungs are, consciousness and enlightenment, nirvana, whatever you want to call it, meditation, breath work, and all of these other beautiful practices, you know, but that's what you have to do the asana to get to those places. You have to learn how to move your body, connect to your body 
And then you deepen that and connect to yourself, mm. you know? So it was, it was amazing. And it's still something I do not as, not as um, consistent as I would love to, but yeah. it's something that I've never met a person that has a practice of yoga. That's not doing some kind of inner work. That's not exploring what's possible within themselves and the potential within themselves, but also just isn't they're, they're just all very kind, Yeah, just good human beings that, like you said, you want to be around that higher vibration. And that parlays to the theme of this year, 2020. It's like, who are you spending time with? Yeah. What, what vibration are you, are you, you know, wanting to be around and spend your time with? And it's so important if that we have to set boundaries around that. We have to really upgrade and turn the dial as to what, what vibrations you want to carry personally, but more importantly, like who else, you know, what other vibrations do you want to call in or magnetize into your world because it's, it's, it's a directly correlative to your entire human experience. Mm. You know, like that famous saying goes, you are the mean or the median of the five people you spend most time with hundred percent true. And that's also in the communities and the places you spend time, the locations you visit, the practices that you have and, and, and so forth. So, yeah, man, it's, it's so true. And it's, you gotta be conscious of that, right? There's people that drain you and there's people that fill you and also like i know that we have to be conscious of ourselves too because i know i have the ability to drain if i want to drain and i know ability i can fill a lot of cups too because like you know especially when i worked in the bar industry i i knew if i was in a shit mood and i had a team to deal with i knew that i could bring down the whole thing and that's oh, yeah. <laughs> but i also know that i can bring da- i can bring up the energy so it's really important for everybody to be responsible and even today right like i understand like if i'm having a shitty day and this goes back to why it's important to program yourself because you're responsible for your energy and if your energy isn't programmed properly then you will give that off to the people that you come in contact with we don't think of it as res- personal responsibility but it is and you know we want you want to be able to be make people's day better, not make them worse. And I think being conscious of that, leaving people feeling better than they did before is really one of the, the, one of the goals in life, I would say, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's people that you're like, fuck, I feel drained after talking to that person. You know, it's man, like, absolutely. And, and it's, and it's perfect because like, at the end of every single yoga class, I would walk away and I'm like, wow, like I felt like I was vibrating at a higher level. I was energized. I was joyful. I was happy. I was content. All of these ways of being that I really hadn't tapped into much in the past, besides like some kind of gym workouts and, you know, pushing my body hard. But it's, it's so imperative that we are, you know, that we take, I love that, that, that theme of personal responsibility. Cause I've been talking a lot about that to my group coaching clients and these men, and I'm just like, you have to take 100% ownership of every single aspect of you, mm-hmm. inclusive of your energy. We, you know, if you think about ourselves, we are 50 trillion or more cells vibrating and firing simultaneously yeah. in our beings. It's like you have the ability to, yeah, create chaos or create opportunity for ascension. How do you want to show up for the world? How do you want to show up for yourself? And what vibration do you want to leave? in your rear view mirror. I think it's so important. Do you want to change lives or do you want to bring people down or generate, you know, negativity and, and, you know, drama and all of these low vibrational ways of being. And it's like, I'm, I choose the high road. I choose the high road and I choose to spend my time with people like yourself that I get inspired and powered up by, and I can do the same for them and 
co-create this unique experience to continue to disseminate that love, that wisdom, that, that high vibration, that positivity, that authenticity and so forth. Yeah. I mean, that's what we need these days, man. I mean, we can beat the problem to death about what's going on in the world, but there comes a time where we need to focus on the solution and focus on the tools that people can use to get through their situation. And it all starts with personal responsibility. It all starts with when you get up before the night before. And that's why I have felt a direct call within me to really step up and do what I can and work on myself to be able to improve the mental health of people. Because our, that's the fucking pandemic is the mental health yeah, is going 100%. to happen not only now, but later. It's, yeah. it's all of this stuff, believe it or not, COVID or not, stats or not, whatever side you're on, whatever you decide to play with or agree with, the reality of it is people are going, there's, there's going to be challenges. People are going to lose things. People are going to be forced to, to navigate a new world of some sort with relationships, with work, money. The only thing they can do is worry about themselves. So in that, that regard, they need tools. And some people don't have the tools to get through this shit. That's the yeah. reality. And that's, that's what worries me. Yeah. So the work that people like ourselves do is really very fucking important right now because- Extremely. This is going to be the thing down the road that we are going to need to offer to people are the tools. Like, how do I get, how can I take personal responsibility in my life right now to get out of this shit and to help the people around me? And yeah. man, it's, that is like so important at this, this stage. And, you know, just knowing like the things that you can do to allow yourself to feel better because look, the reality of it is we all feel like shit some days. <laughs> like sure. I, I struggle with it all the time. I'm like, fuck, like how do I get into that zone? And I know better. I know when I'm like, you, you like, I know what I need to do. Right. But that's where we all need to be as a collective. Be like, all right, I'm going to take personal responsibility for what I do. It's not about what everybody else is doing. It's not, it's not about, the, the presidents. It's not about my coach. It's not about anybody else. You have a coach to give you, to help you see what you have and help bring it out. But at the end of the day, we have to bring it out ourselves. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I just posted on this, uh, about this on Instagram. I said, you can either be the victim or the victor of your human experience. Yeah. What are you choosing? You can live in the chaos of the mass of the fucking pandemic or the government or the, you know, who's getting, you know, presidency, or you can, like you said, take 100% responsibility and say, what do I want to do right now? And the first step, the first tool is knowing that you have access to yourself. Yeah. You can go inward and uncover and say, okay, it's not about Trump or Biden. It's not about the mask ordinance. It's not about the pandemic. Why am I feeling angry? Why am I feeling stressed? Why am I feeling overwhelmed? Why am I feeling insert whatever feeling that you're feeling get curious about that. Mm. Get a piece of paper, get a pen, start writing these things down, get it out of your head so you can start to see it on paper so you can raise awareness around what you're unconscious of. And the more we can take the unconscious conscious, the more we get to take ownership of our reality. And it's why I've been able to maintain such a great vibration through this experience is because I don't let the external world make me feel a certain way. 
fuck that. I have to give a permission slip to the external world or any person I interact with or any conversation or DM that I get or send. I get to choose what frame do I want to wear? What lens do I want to wear to look at this particular experience? Mm. And how do I still, by doing that, retain that personal responsibility, retain that knowing, that deep inner belief of I'm in fucking control of my reality. I'm in control of my human experience and nobody is going to make me feel or do or act a certain way. I get to choose. The world's not happening to us. It's happening for us, but we have to get curious about what we're feeling. Otherwise, we're just perpetuating trauma and perpetuating anger and frustration and all of these old habitual patterns year after year after year. And guess what? The president's going to change. And guess what? There may be another lockdown. And guess what? The, the wars are never going to stop, no matter where, you know, whether mm. it's in North America or across the world. All of this chaos is always happening. But mm. what are you fucking tuning into? Mm. That's what I want to know. That's the work, you know? Yeah, man, for sure. You know, so one of the, the big themes lately, and it just seems to be coming up a lot, probably because, you know, being in fit for service of talk, you know, we've we've really been educated on like, plant medicine and psychedelics and I've started to use them more and it seems to be a lot of the conversations lately but I you know and this I didn't go on the path to start always talking about psychedelics and but it just seems to be happening a lot so much healing has come from this stuff that I'm like fuck I have to we like we got to talk about it and Sometimes, like, I don't think everybody needs it either. And I know that there's listeners that maybe are religious or don't, I don't know, whatever it is they don't believe in. And that's fine. You don't need it. But I believe that a lot of people have found healing from it. And I know you have, and I know I have. And it's been a really interesting um, path, to say the least. And I can't put a pinpoint exactly how it's helped me, but I know it has. Like, you know, it's like that fresh coat of snow on the mountain and you create your new neural pathways, right? I think, I forget who said that, but it's, this is something that's important. And again, we'll, we're talking about it in this conversation. I want to, because I, I want to bring up how important this can be for yeah. the right person. So Absolutely. how have you dealt with trauma and how, yeah. how, how has healing begun to happen through that? And Bit of a loaded question. How does grit and integration that you talk about, how does that all tie in together to like what you're doing and your message to healing and helping others heal? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. First and foremost, I've been using therapists since I was 20 years old. So 15 years now diligently and still use it, even though I'm the happiest, the most fulfilled, the most passionate I've ever been in my life. Um, I've used coaches for the last seven years, but I always feel like there's a limit, right? There's a limit through integrating psychedelics, through doing aboga and ayahuasca and mushrooms and these really beautiful medicines and using them consciously in a ceremonial context, instead of just for fun. You know, we all did mushrooms when we were 18 at a party, right? Or we all did MDMA or whatever it is, but now using them and completely reframing and releasing any judgment around these particular medicines or the community involved I've now been able to dive deep and surrender and say, I want to learn more about myself. I want to access more of what, you you know, grit, more resilience, more healing. And through coaching and therapy, those have been beautiful, beautiful practices. I consider those medicines as well, you know, but 
through the 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 use of these deeper psychedelics like i've been able to tap into it the deepest level of healing and then when you move that and you combine that with with powerful therapy and coaching and journaling and my practices my rituals like you have you have the full spectrum of tools of what you need to to move powerfully into yourself and in, into the world you know so grit for me has been something that it's been a streamline like i was saying earlier with my story like it's 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 carried me through i've always been the underdog we were poor growing up you know we had no money so i started my first business when i was 11 and i got i yeah clawed my way into an amazing job in new york city and i clawed my way into medical sales and i clawed my way into this entrepreneurial space and all of these things so grit has been this this like running theme and also from the the use of these new medicines you know that are really coming into this beautiful renaissance right now i've accessed so much deeper you know because i see these medicines as like you know taking us out of the chaos of the third dimension our ego our shadow our frustrations the world what's going on outside and take us into another realm where we can see our possibility and our potentiality with such a potent lens of exactly what we can create and what we're meant for and then turning the amplifier up on that and then it's up to you to choose whether or not you want to integrate that into the experience, into your human experience, into the way you show up for yourself and show up for the world. So I think that's kind of like the the overarching like theme and threads that that I've found from all of these different healings and medicines and work and and so forth, my spiritual practice as a whole. What has been your like if you had to think about the most powerful experience that really impacted you like as being like the one that, you know how we have those experiences, whether it's psychedelic or whether it's anything that we're like, wow, that really, that really fucking hit me. And that was really like something that stuck and impacted my life. Which, yeah. which medicine and which experience would you say has been one for you that has stuck out like that? Yeah. Yeah. It was last October, the first time I sat with ayahuasca, um, here in the beautiful Colorado Rockies and man, it, I, I was, I got what what's called the upper triune experience. And it was such this beautiful experience. It was so clear Lance, like literally I saw in my visions, this list of every single thing that I had to let go of in order to actualize what I meant to be on this planet for. So I saw this list and this included people, this included family members, it included where I was living, it included everything. It was so it was so clear. And then on the other side of that vision was me on stages, me serving all over the world, me impacting the world with my gifts, me sharing my truth, my authentic self and and fully fully actualizing all of my potential. But I had to get rid of this list. Mm. So it was something that, you know, the list was so clear. It even showed me what fucking co-working space I was meant to work at after wow. that experience. That's how clear it was. It was, in, it was incredible. And I just have followed, I've used that as a theme. I followed that list. I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, you know, separate from my mom and, and create a healthy boundary around that relationship and to disconnect from communication from a lot of my other family members. And I had to let go of, you know, people that I didn't feel like were on a similar path. They weren't, trying to connect deeper with themselves. So they weren't moving the world in their own way. And 
through getting rid of all of these things and really setting hard, hard boundaries around these things and, and also retuning and creating healthy, conscious relationships with some of these people and places, um, I've been able to fully ascend from that experience. That, that experience will, will always kind of like directly emanate into my, my, my brain and my thoughts and my actions around what is possible. If I meant for this big vision to build this beautiful empire that's directly affecting the world and helping with mental health and helping men and women become more of who they truly are and heal and ascend and grow and, and truly amplify who they are, like, what else can I do? You know, what else can I say yes to? What else can I say no to? So I use that as a, as a foundation of what's possible. I use the foundation to walk into my day, to, to serve clients, to create retreats, to, to do all of the things that I feel like I'm truly meant for. So it's been, it's 100% been the most profound thing I've ever experienced in my life. If you could give one lesson of all the, the struggles, adversity, challenges, whatever you want to call them, what would be one lesson that adversity has taught you that you can give for people to take away today? Yeah, that we are more powerful than we can ever imagine we are, truly. Like you have access to every single thing you can, that you can't even comprehend by going inside and by digging out and excavating anything that does not serve you. And if you want to actualize who you truly are from the deepest depths of your soul, we have to go inward to go outward. That would be my last one. Man, that's powerful. Where, uh, if, if, if the listeners want to learn more about you, where can we send them? Yeah, thank you. Um, awakenmomentum.com is my website. I'm, I'm most active on Instagram at Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S-H-A-K-I-R, Shakir. So those are my, you know, but I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those, all of those, um, those other social media places and spaces as well. But Instagram is definitely the best place to find me. Right on brother. Dude, thank yeah, you man. so much for coming on. Bringing the thank heat. You, brother. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love it, man. You, you're, you're doing great work and I'm super grateful that we connected. So thank you for dropping so much value today. Thank you. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody. Go check out Matt. Go follow him on Instagram. And if you guys did get value, please share this with a friend or leave us a review on Apple. Greatly appreciated. Make sure you're subscribed to this or you're subscribed on YouTube. Help this baby grow. Much love, guys. We'll catch you next time.